0: Hi, it's James Governor, co-founder of Redmoot. We're here for another Redmoot conversation. Uh, Today, I'm lucky enough to have Drew Etzel with me. Um, He's from Humanitech. Uh, So uh, Drew, I'll let you introduce yourself. Uh,
1: Yeah, hey, thanks for that. Uh, My name is Drew Etzel, as you said, James. Uh, Thanks for having me here. Uh, I am a a customer success engineer. I think I just got reclassified to senior customer success engineer. So I think it's just the gray in the beard. Um, Congratulations thank you thank you um but uh, i've been working in the the startup world since uh you know the 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 early days of the 2000s uh, i actually lived through the uh, the good old dot com boom i i interviewed at pets.com even so uh, you know i didn't <laughs> i didn't get the job though so unfortunately okay that's
0: amazing <laughs> yeah anyway uh so humanitech been generating a lot of buzz and attention recently um for some Uh well, I mean, I don't I I mean for some highly opinionated uh marketing, the death of DevOps. (laughs) So yeah, definitely strong opinions in the company. It's all about platform engineering now. Yeah. Um, but today we're actually here to talk about platform orchestration and dynamic configuration management. That's right. Platform engineering is 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 obviously you know a big part of this kind of buzz at the moment. Um, and, and so how, what's the inter, interplay between like platform orchestration, platform engineering? Why should platform engineering care about this? What's wrong? What is wrong, Drew, with the state of the art in
1: configuration management? So one of the things that, uh, you know, it's funny. One of the reasons why I actually took the job at Humanitech is, uh, you know, it, the competition for Humanitech is not great. Because uh, the truth is, everybody has a pla- does some platform engineering. Everybody has some form of platform engineering, um, and you know, at some place like Adobe or Google, you know, it's going to be really slick and fancy. But at some medium-sized places, you know, it might just be you and your your buddy clicking around in AWS. Congratulations, you're the platform engineering solution. Uh, you know, by manually setting something up whatever, yep. as you go through all your tickets. Um, so that's the reason why I, you know, I kind of jumped onto the humanity because it's, it, you know, the, everybody has it, but nobody's really been really looked into uh, sort of, you know, professionalizing it and productizing it uh, outside of the really, you know, the really big folks that are, you know, that uh, here in Silicon Valley that, uh, you know, that, that that's what they always do. They, they get, they'll build it themselves and then it kind of grows out of there, uh, similar to the way Kubernetes did. So, okay. but. At the heart of what a platform orchestrator does is it shuffles config files. So uh, you know it's shuffling Terraform scripts, it's shuffling shuffling Helm charts, it's shuffling uh, Kubernetes YAMLs. It you know or you know pick your pick your infrastructure as code, pick your your uh, you know your platform. But that's what's going on. That's the orchestration. That's the mm-hmm. you know. The, the, the if people are playing instruments, they're playing config files in that orchestra. So, okay. And that sucks. That, yes, it's, it
0: absolutely I mean, sucks. It, uh, to be and, honest, I mean, you know, definitely, uh, I don't know. Some, you know, like some musical instruments sound okay when you're not particularly good at playing them. Right. A guitar. Right. Yeah. Um, there's a lot that sound pretty terrible. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of violins in the orchestra of, uh, of orchestration tools, in fact. Yes. Um, so yes. yeah, I mean, and I, I think that's one of the the, the conversation we're having in the industry right now. So Kubernetes, to a point, you know, we we've expected too much of people. You mentioned mid-sized companies. I mean, trying to get people that fully understand uh, both, you know, potentially the world of App Dev, and then um, you meant you know, yeah, you know, all the YAML and Helm charts and everything else we're kind of trying at the moment, I think, as an industry to start saying maybe we shouldn't,
1: you know, maybe we shouldn't let everybody play the violin. Right, right. And uh, one of the ways I enter, so, uh, you know, you mentioned our DevOps is dead motto from uh, KubeCon. And, you know, uh, there's no such thing as bad publicity at KubeCon. If you can get people to come up to your booth and interact, even if they come up mad, you can send them away happy. And that's what we did. And that was the point of that. You know, it was the, you know, you have a small booth, but uh, you, you be a little uh, provocative and uh, uh, you be a little, little spicy, and then people come over. Um, so it's, it's it's hard. And I mean, KubeCon, we got KubeCon Europe,
0: um, I'll be at um, soon. And uh, yeah, I mean, just KubeCon is just an environment where there are so many people. It right. is. Quite hard to get any kind of attention in the industry at large, in and around the CNCF, Kubernetes infrastructure, all of the associated tooling. I mean, I think a little bit of judicious shitposting is probably, you know, par for the course.
1: Yeah, and you know, I uh, I uh, I come from Splunk, and they, you know, their first uh, they had to take the sh out of it, which. I know it seems ridiculous now, but in two thousand six, two thousand seven, <laughs> that was spicy. So watching um, our polls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I no. know. <laughs> but uh, people would get mad about that at conferences back then. So, you know, well, it, it, it's a definitely a good, uh, a good marketing ploy. But what I tried to do to turn it around to the people that would come up and go, "Are you? I'm a DevOps engineer. Are you saying I'm dead?" And I'm like, "No, I'm saying DevOps is probably is killing us. So we we maybe we should kill it." before it kills us. You know, Are, do we all want to be experts in every single aspect of, you know, uh, a platform from Terraform to S3, to Kubernetes, to all the little things that run on Kubernetes? You know, there's just so much that we might expect, uh, uh, you know, you build it, you run it ethos to require. Um, and, you know, once we got to talking about it and they realized, you know, first of all, it's marketing, we're not, you know, Don't, you know, take a deep breath. It's not, you know, it's just marketing. Um, But also, you know, this is a genuine problem. This is, you know, you've got, you know, suddenly as a developer, you're also responsible for, you know, 10 different Terraform scripts. And then because, you know, they need to be run slightly differently in different environments, those 10 scripts have, you know, 30 override uh, files that go along with them. And so now you went from, you know, now you've got 40 files that you're juggling and then multiply that by, you know, my all the microservices and everything else that you're creating. Uh, and it, it, you know, that you're definitely going to be drowning very quickly uh, in config files or ticket ops or, uh, you know, some combination thereof. Um, and that's, you know, that's that to me, that was the main point, like, yeah. it, it dev, kill DevOps before it kills you. Yeah, I mean, I think we, you know, we talk about um,
0: you know, undifferentiated heavy lifting, um, and you know, just a different way of putting it to a point. I mean, um, sneakerware sucked, and it, it, the automation should be something that we want more of. I mean, it's part of the story that you're saying that there are sort of too many interfaces as well. And that we're we're unable to be in a position where we can just work in one place. We're constantly having to context shift, and you know, from one system to another. Is that part of the world that you're trying to automate?
1: Yes. Yes. Absolutely. What the idea of Humanitech is to automate the tedious interactions between Dev and Ops. So, uh, you know. To free up your devs from having to understand the intricacies of, uh, you know, of uh, AWS security on an S3 bucket, or the intricacies of this particular Terraform script, or something like that. Um, and it, but it also, but it, you know, it, it also frees up your your ops side from having to automatically go and you know, run that Terraform script to set up that RDS in the right, you know, for a special test case, or, you know, to go and make the adjustments uh, uh, that a a, a particular dev needs to run a particular kind of test. So, you know, there's a lot of tedious, uh, you know, yes, the once you double click on this thing, it's automated after that, but you have to double click on it, you know, you have to go in and, Mm -hmm. and do that, or, You know it's stuck somewhere and you know you have to go and, and figure out that oh well it's because you accidentally indicated the uh staging uh values yaml instead of the dev values yaml you know there's there's so many different uh you know config files that are being juggled and the reality is the vast majority of these config files are just minor variations on each other you know they're You know, they're they're probably 80% the the same. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, 20% of them change per microservice. And then, you know, there's minor changes per per environment after that. So, and the other problem that we see is that the whole idea of, you know, let's break down our monoliths. And let's, you know, okay, so now we broke down our monoliths into 10 microservices, but we punished ourselves because... Well, you know, instead of one monolith with 10 config files, we now have 10 uh, microservices with 100 config files or 1000 config files. So and so it becomes, you know, instead of a virtuous cycle, it becomes a vicious cycle of complexity. So, you know, if you're going to if you're going to you can't, you know, something has to give before, you know, and that's that's the evolution into platform engineering into you know, actually paying attention to your platform orchestration and automating the tedium. That's you know wearing down your devs and your ops. Okay, and so part of this
0: is that thing that you're saying. Hang on a second, and all the microservices, you know, even more config that we need to manage. Um, it becomes you know just combinatorial. It just gets more and more complicated. Part of what you're saying is you can have these different microservices while centralizing the management metadata and the scripts required to manage those systems. So it, it, it doesn't have to be somebody on each team that has all of that knowledge. You genuinely are saying, hang on a minute, we can centralize, consolidate, regardless of the fact that we've got all of these different microservices.
1: Absolutely, and yes, yeah. And it's that automation of that, you know, uh, I call it the tedium uh, that is key. So uh, one kind of silly way I like to think of Humanitech uh, is you can kind of think of it as a uh, uh, like a, uh, a too detailed oriented micromanaging robot boss, but not for you. It's for your CD system. It's for your CI system. It's for Terraform. So it sits in between all of these things and facilitates, uh, you know, all right, the Terraform needs these config files. Now Kubernetes needs these config files. And so uh, it sits in between all of them, but it's also... You know, checking up on them, and you know, and it's you know, it's hearing back from Terraform and saying, "All right, now we're ready to move on to the next step." Um, so that it's a lot of times, uh, you know, those things are achieved today maybe through a CD system, but the the config file management is is done through Git and human interaction for the for the large part. So okay, okay,
0: and so <clears throat> let's talk a bit about that. So the, the the dependency problem. Um, and I, I, because we are de- de- dealing in, you know, constantly in this world of complex dependencies. And so that's what I'm sort of asking about the centralization and standardization there, where we can begin to, um, where well, there isn't such a, so much of an issue. I mean, particularly in these ephemeral environments. Like, how, what are you seeing existing, or, or what are you seeing prospects do as opposed to customers? like? What are you what's what are you seeing as the current state of the art? And how can you, you know, what then do you say to those people? So like, hang on a minute. There's a the your approach to dependencies really sucks in terms of your operational environments.
1: So what I see a lot are and I'm gonna borrow a term from a, I see I see monolith environments. Um so they'll have this really well planned out uh Complex Terraform script that generates uh, their dev environment, okay. or that generates their staging environment, um, and you know everything is accounted for uh, in that you know that big giant script, um, and you know this does work well. It, you know it is something that's automated. Uh, you know after you you know after you know somebody hits start, you know it's automated. Um, But the problem is, is the same problem you have with monolith, um, you know, monolith uh, 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 workloads. Is that uh, if you want to change one small part of that, it becomes a much bigger issue. Or if you want to generate an ephemeral version of that, it's going to be a lot harder because you you can really, you know, you can either you know you can't make a a, it's the entire thing has to be rebuilt. You couldn't just maybe just. Uh, change a few things and then run it, you know, uh, uh, side by side within the same environment. You know, it's very hard with these, again, I'm going to call them monolithic environments to, you know, what you know, yeah, an average deploy, you know, you updated your workload, you hit it, you push, you're going to make your test, that works great. But if you update a version of one of those dependencies, or if mm-hmm. you, you know, make a major change, or you want to add in a new dependency. Suddenly, you have to test this entire monolith of an environment, and then being able to, you know, rapidly and quickly test just that change without having to, you know, redeploy the entire environment makes, uh, you know, that that's one of the uh, aha moments for our customers. Is that you know, once you've automated all of the tedium then you can start to actually componentize and uh, make ephemeral environments available at a click of a button or, you know, at the end of a CI curl command, uh, you know, very easily. So that's kind of the, one of the big aha moments we get with our customers. Okay.
0: And so that's sort of managing to get to sort of good rather than just bad. But then what? I mean, I think we, you know, we're, we're trying to, like, one of the things that we've really seen a lot of, a lot of the conversation, you know, enterprises, that they're, they're, they're trying to learn from, like, hang on a minute, uh, you know, look, we do need to standardize, you know, the, the, if we look at the web companies that we might aspire to, they're not the wild, uh, in fact, no, we shouldn't use that term. They're not They're not just randomly doing stuff. The fact is that they have processes in place, approaches to enable golden paths to, to think about, like, let make life easier for the developer and the operator by introducing some constraints i mean is that do you have a policy basis
1: that in in terms of your tooling that enables for that yes absolutely absolutely that is um we call that standardization by design um and that happens uh as kind of part of the process so we work with two different uh, well not just two different but there's two kinds of customers I come in contact with a lot um, mm-hmm. there's one that has a decent platform but they're you know they just want to move on to something you know that they can have tech support for that's not them and and you know uh, and they have some you know I've already done the the standardization work or never needed to do it because you know they, they started centralized but what we find with a lot of our big customers they had ten different departments they all moved to you Kubernetes on their own scale, they all made different. You know, one department picked this. You know, yep. one brand of CI, another department picked another brand of CI. So, so that's the mess they're in. Is they have, uh, you know, just a massive. Em- so they come and that that standardization by design uh, is a really big point for them. Is that they can then, you know, they can decide. All right, these are our these are the the dependencies we want to work with across the court, you know across if you know these are the ones that we're going to make it easy for you to use these we're going to support these and then you know kind of try to bring in the people that are using other things because you know one thing with developers the e- it's a lot easier to attract them than to compel them so
0: for sure absolutely i mean convenience
1: is the killer app um yes every time yeah, yeah. so okay I, that's kind of the 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 Two different customers that we work with. Yep.
0: Uh, Great, and you have to talk to both. I mean, you want, uh, and and we. I've had this conversation recently quite a lot. You know, you, you've got organizations like, well, we want more control, but yes, we still need to keep developers happy. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. And you know, if you the that you know, it's always like, well, if you want to call it a walled garden, you want to call it a golden path, you you know, and it's all like, how do we want to euphemize that we want really would like to, you know. We, to keep you limited with you know certain selections of your dependencies, you know within reason we don't want to, but that's you know that that's the you know that's why we wind up wind up on the words golden path. So
0: okay, awesome. Well, okay, we've got uh, standardization by design. We've got golden paths. We've got platform orchestration, dynamic configuration management. Uh, these are all these are all good things. And on that happy note, I think that we should wrap up. Keep it short and sweet so drew thanks very much for joining us on the show um if you're watching and you have any thoughts reckons let me know uh comment uh subscribe for more content uh in around this area and uh yeah drew once again thanks for joining us and
1: um thanks everyone for watching thanks so much for having me james i really appreciate it take care everybody